All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. My mom's always been really clear to us kids. She says when the time comes, she wants us to pull the plug. I think she's serious. I don't know if I'm ready to make the decision. It's Jason. Welcome to Drive Time. Uh, Good to be with you on a Friday. Lots of fun coming up today, including Cardi Sharks, Three Disasters and Puppies, all the good stuff. But I do want to start with the end. We're starting at the end because this topic is up in our state legislature. It is one of the most difficult decisions that any human being could have to face. And for the legislature, I got to tell you, the emotion on this, it hits me pretty deep. And and knowing what the right thing to do here as a society, for me, this is tough. Oftentimes you have an issue. And you think, nah, I know how I feel about this. I'd like to know what your thoughts are as the state of Minnesota looks at passing an essentially a physician assisted suicide. If you are terminally ill, should you have the option to end it? 651 461 Man, this is hard. It really is. I have some procedural concerns about what's going on at the legislature right now. You know, they had this committee that met and passed an end-of-life options act uh, when the legislature isn't even in session. To me, that strikes me as strange, unnecessary. But I don't want to get mired down in in procedure here. I think the bigger issue is one that, let's be honest, we've all thought about this, haven't we? If you're in that circumstance where you know the clock is ticking, there is no hope, there is no miracle cure, there is nothing ahead of you other than suffering. Do you want the right to say, you know what, I've had a good run, And let's end it. My gut on this is with my mom. My mom says she wants us to pull the plug. And she says this to me because she knows of the four children in our family, I'm the only one heartless enough to actually do it. (laughs) I mean, every family has one kid, right? You look at the siblings, you're like, who would do it? Who would actually do it? But yet I have seen so many stories of people near the end of their life, not in a circumstance where they really have full control of their faculties, where they get taken advantage of. And it worries me that we would be opening a legal pathway for people to essentially kill 
their loved one. Right? I think that's the crux of this issue. Some of you perhaps have have very firm spiritual or religious or moral ideas about life where you think only God, however you define that that being, but only God has the ability to end someone's life. Truth is we have lots of different ways where you kind of go about that. The stories are absolutely gut-wrenching. And the reason that I'm, I'm interested in what you guys think about this is because uh, when, you hear, when, you, when you hear these stories of people who want the ability to end their lives, oh, man, you, I don't know. If you're like me, you put yourself in their shoes and try to think, well, what would I want to do in that circumstance? Would I want the freedom to be able to make that choice for myself? Or do you just have to go through kind of what modern medicine provides and the ability to kind of suffer through it? In the testimony in front of this committee, there's a woman with a glioblastoma, which is this brain cancer that is just absolutely aggressive and, and devastating, who was begging lawmakers to do this quickly so she can try to avoid a, a really painful and a really gruesome death. I think when it comes down to it, we all look at ourselves and think we want the ability to make these sorts of choices, right? We think that as we live, we have the freedom and the free will to choose the way we live, and thus we should have the ability to choose the way we die. And, and I, that is, that's where my gut is on this, but then, but, and then the buts where I just worry about other people taking advantage of that opportunity. It's always fraught when you say that the government is going to get involved in these things, but the reality is right now the law does prevent, uh, it does prevent that that sort of action. You're not allowed, you can't do that. This has been a debate in uh, Minnesota government for for more than a decade, and it's because we've had divided government, right? And the Republican Party in Minnesota is very, uh, you know, generally speaking, the party is very linked to a pro-life platform, an anti-abortion platform. And, And so if you're going to say that, you know, from the moment of conception, you've created a life. It's very difficult to then turn around on the other side and say, like, and you should have the ability to end it. They pass this out of committee 10 to 5, and it'll go to a full vote on the House floor. Democrats control the Senate by one vote, so will it pass? I don't know. But if you are in favor of, as one texter says, I should have the right to choose what I do with my body, just like abortion, my decision, my life. From a theoretical standpoint, I I totally get that. You want to be consistent, right? Is it possible to be in favor of body autonomy 
when it comes to whether or not you're going to carry a pregnancy to term and be opposed to giving people the right to end their life. I I think it is possible. I I don't know that I don't know that this is an issue where where we're going to give away a prize for consistency on this thing. To me it's it it actually when you think about it practically to me it's very different. The more I talk about this, the more I think like the the fact that this gets compared to abortion is preposterous to me. Because with abortion you're talking about a adult human being or a child, I guess, could be a teenager. You're talking about a human being choosing what to do. And the, the real debate is, well, when does that sort of organism become a, a, a person or become viable? Sort of the debate is about that dividing line. There's no dividing line when you're looking at someone who is terminally ill, right? There's no debate like, oh, well, they're so far along, like they're not. Re- that's not really a debate. So I don't know. I to me, like, I don't necessarily see. I don't necessarily see these as as something where you have to be consistent on six five one four six one nine two two six. Lots of text coming in. Democrat here who does not support this. Our society already devalues the sick, the elderly, and the disabled too much. I think that is some of the fear here, right? That we are marginalizing those who are already kind of in that end of life. Um, and I'm, I'm empathetic to that, too. I, I, I really, I struggle with this. If you have a hardcore opinion on it, I really want to hear, hear about it because I do struggle with balancing, understanding people on on either side of this deal. Jason, I think passage of this serves the greater good. What data is there that supports my fear? I totally support this package. I mean, there's no not much data because we don't have much of this in action. Let's talk to Kurt in Hayward, Wisconsin. Kurt, thanks for calling in and thanks for listening. How do you kind of work this through? Where do you come down on this? Well, you know, we uh, we uh, had I had a grandmother who had congestive heart failure, had uh, been brought back like two or three times, and she finally got a well. She had a DNA DNR. So they had it at the nursing home. They had it at North Memorial Hospital. My mom handed it to them, the ambulance drivers, as they went out, and they went to see grandma, and they tried to incubate, and uh, they still did. The, the incubate and re- resuscitate. Hmm. They still they, they still, still did. did it. Wow. And my brother my brother was a bulldog, and went to the legislature, and it's against the law to do that. Huh. But there's no penalty. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's that's some of why I think they're looking to make this more clear in the law, right? If you have a DNR, and you still the. You know, and I guess you can understand from the medical professional side of things where they they worry that, well, you know, you may have a DNR and then one relative comes in at the end is like, well, I didn't agree with this. And then it's a lawsuit and then it's malpractice and on and on and on. Well, it wasn't the relative's document. It was my grandmother's document. It was her own. How did it end up, Kurt? So, 
Uh, it ended up my Greg, uh, my brother Greg, who's since passed away, unfortunately. He um, he got with uh, uh, some legislator who was on his side, and they finally figured out the law says that you have to follow the directives. Mm, yeah, yeah. But there's no penalty no if you penalty. don't. Wow. So that's like, obviously, that's like saying the speed limit's 70, somebody goes 90, you don't stop them. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's so... So, you so, know, it's just a... So you would be in favor a, of, of, of a, a provision like this in the law that would allow people to, to take that step, Kurt? Yeah, you know, I think it, I, I think the big difference is, is my grandma was her decision. She yeah. didn't like, you know, having that big thing yeah. shoved down her throat and... I, my my brother Greg went to see her after she had passed away, and they tried to incubate her. Yeah, you know, and he said it was horrible. Her eyes do were you, wide open. She had iodine all over her face. Do you it was see exactly a difference the way she didn't want to? Yeah. Go. Do you see a difference, Kurt, between like using what what some might call like heroic measures, right, to uh, bring someone back or save someone's life? versus yeah. allowing someone to take a medical intervention to actively end their life? Or do you see that as um, essentially you know, the same? I, th- I think it's more the same than it is different. Where it's different but with abortion is you're making a decision for somebody else. Hmm. You know, yeah. the mother's making yeah. the decision for the baby. You know, and we've, we've all, you know, we call it women's rights, and we call it all these things that kind of make it, you know, it's killing yeah, I think the question is like, where where do you get to that point, right? Where is that line? Yeah. Kurt, really good call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Laura and Tim, stay on the line. We'll get to your calls in just a minute. We're talking about the new uh, law that is headed towards the House here in Minnesota that would give people the right to take medication, terminally ill people, the right to take medication to end their own lives. We'll talk about it more here on Drive Time with Russia. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Minnesota wants to give, at least some in the legislature, want to give Minnesotans the right to take medication to end their lives if they are near the end of the road, terminally ill, trying to avoid a painful and gruesome uh, journey to death. Uh, Lots of calls, lots of text. I appreciate all of it. Let's get right to it at 651-461-9226. Laura, you're up first. What do you think about this? Um, I'm going to leave the reproductive rights um, part of the discussion aside. I, that involves two, two things that I think are slightly different, but more complicated because of the two-life sure. situation. But I will say that I, I, you know, I have personal experience with two things this year. My parents have living wills, all of those things laid out. Yep. I was shocked to find out that Unless the DNR is on the refrigerator, and they're elderly, 92, 93. Unless the DNR is on the refrigerator and the periodics come, that's where they look, on the side of the refrigerator. If it's not there, they've got no choice. If they can't find a DNR, 
and okay. you know, so yeah. that is that is something legal. But I also, as a continuation of that, my mother became you know, too ill, um, and hospice does provide a way for people who don't want to go through a long process, and, and it's very kind and gentle and, and treating people in pain. The last thing I was just wondering about, it's kind of interesting, was the Alabama death penalty situation. There are lots of cross currents in what we think about death, aren't there? I mean, it's not its not an easy, clear thing people can always be consistent on. Yeah. So I appreciate your Thank discussion. you, Laura. I appreciate that. Tim in Rochester, you're up at 651-461-9226. Would you be in favor of allowing people the choice to use medication to end their life? Tim, you there? Hey, Jason, appreciate you taking yes, my call. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to go down the, the rabbit hole of reproduction rights and whatnot, you know, that type. I, nope, I, I think I it's different. I was, different. yeah, I was just trying to make the point that I think it's different. You can have an opinion on this yeah. without yeah, going into I, that. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. There's so many different angles to look at this, but... Man, I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a Christian, so first off, you have to you have to you know consider, you know, is this going to be okay? You know, if I decide to do this, blah blah blah, with right. whoever the higher being. Right. But you know, I've got four kids, and if I get diagnosed with with terminal cancer, you know, I'm not saying I want to. Okay, as soon as I get the diagnosis, I want to swallow a pill and that's it. But if it gets to be, you know, the last two weeks where I'm bedridden, I can't take care of myself, you know, it's kind of, well, what's, what's the point if there's no, if there's no help and you're, and you're miserable and your family's got to watch you go through that, then it's, to me, it's kind of like you should, you should be able to make that decision. I mean, we, we do it with our pets and I, I know pets and humans obviously are different, but if there's no hope and, you know, you're bedridden and, you know, the, two weeks from now you're going to be gone then then why not just be able to end yeah. it yourself yeah. uh you know and, i feel and, that and, that's and, that's that's my gut on this too tim i appreciate that jane's in st paul jane i understand you're a former hospice nurse so you uh, first of all thank you my goodness like hospice is about the most amazing thing in the world but you you've seen a lot of people going through these moments well, and it kind of gave me a really, um, I think, a good perspective on things. I've done a lot of different types of nursing. I started out in the OR and ended up doing other things. Along the way, have done hospice. And for whatever reason, um, I don't think we talk enough about death and dying in this culture. I don't think we talk enough about um, uh, our last wishes and stuff. I mm, yeah. overheard someone say uh, uh, DNR, DNI should be on the refrigerator, which is what we recommend. We recommend also that every caregiver in your orbit um, or relative in your orbit knows that you do not want to be resuscitated if something should happen. And as far as hospice goes, um, a lot of people, I think, automatically think hospice means you're going to die in two weeks. Well, that's not necessarily true. Right, yes. Yes, hospice provides supportive and loving care, not only for the uh, person that's dying, but for their family as well. And as a result, I think we would view things um, a little differently if we did more talking about it. Uh, I remember trying one time to um, decide 
whether to resuscitate somebody in my nursing career um, toward the end. And this person had a DNR, DNI. So I called um, her, the next of Kinner, the decision maker, and I said, but your father has a DNR, DNI. And she says, resuscitate him. Hmm. So here I am. Yeah, yeah. Trying to resuscitate somebody. The EMTs came, and when the EMTs came, um, uh, she got very upset with me because once I got the defibrillator on, the um, there was no heart rate. He had he had flatlined, which means he was in VTAC. There was no way yeah. to shock mm. him back into uh, rhythm. But she thought there was something that I didn't do that was correct. We've got to start talking about this a lot more so that people understand um, that there are times um, that we just can't do anything. And then keep people as comfortable as possible. Anybody that has ever um, had someone in hospice knows that it's absolutely positively amazing. For sure. And I think also that... Uh, there are people that have pain that cannot be helped. We have to realize that as well. But that's more rare than it is common. So um, let's talk about and, it more it's, and it's make a, our wishes known. Very good. Jane, thank you. Appreciate that. And Jane makes a good point. The reality is the fears on this, the fears of, you know, uh, people are going to pressure others to be put. These are very rare circumstances. And my bias in this, I think some of you have been taking my weighing the situation as I'm against it. I'm against this bill. I'm not. I'm grappling with authorizing a way for people to kill themselves because I think that's a big deal. Do I think in extremely limited circumstances people should be able to make a choice? My gut on that is yes. My gut on that is yes. 3.34, there is breaking news right now in the Donald Trump defamation trial. The jury has reached a decision. So the verdict will be read soon, and we'll bring it to you here on News Talk 830 WCCO. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.